You're listening to the Chicago Audible Podcast, changing up the way Bears fans stay up to date on their favorite team since 2015. Now get ready. Because it's time to bear down. Welcome back, Bears fans, to another episode of the Chicago Audible Podcast. We're nearly midway through June. The Bears just wrapped up minicamp today, but they have yet to release their training camp schedule. Nevertheless, we're here, and we're still counting down to camp. I'm your host, Old Witt, and I'm glad to have you here with us for our final offensive position preview, as today's show is all about the quarterbacks. Okay, let's be fair. It's all about Mitch. And on top of that, real quick, uh, for those on YouTube, uh, quick aside, I'm going to upload another video. We just wrapped up an interview uh, with Fox 32's Lou Canellis. And if you're listening here on the podcast, we're going to have that here for you later on in the show. So make sure to stick around for that. We'll get his take on QB10, his expectations for the Bears, and a little bit more. Now, to help me get through all of this, I'm joined by my co-hosts, Nicholas Moriano and Brandon Hazlett. B, I know you are unable to join Nick and I last week at the Bears 100 weekend. You were in concussion protocol. Uh, have you heard yet from our team doctor? Has he cleared you yet? Yes, I am cleared. No longer in protocol. Good to hear. I'm glad to hear that you are feeling better, though. And then, Nick, my man, good to see you again. I mean, we had ourselves a time over at the convention center over the weekend. Uh, not only did we get to see each other in person, again, that only happens like a few times per year, um, but we were able to meet a lot of people who know the show, a lot of people who know the show, some former Bears. Again, just a great time overall. I'm just curious. Again, we have a lot to get to today, and I know we said that we would do an episode on Bears 100, but we both said, eh, we can probably do like five, ten minutes on it. Uh, so do you want to give some listeners, maybe who weren't able to go to the convention, some of your high-level takeaways from your weekend? Yeah, so I mean, I think it has to start with all the fans that we met there, and it worked out for us. We got there, you know, a little later, and we didn't have our lanyards yet, so we had to go to the front. We ended up having to go all the way to the back, but you made a really cool video, and while we were making that video, we just met a whole bunch of people that love the podcast, and we stopped and talked to them for a little bit. So throughout the entire weekend, we just met people who recognized us. Of course, we were wearing our shirts and stuff, but they still recognize the podcast and, you know, want to take pictures with us. And we're always willing and love doing that for our, for our fans. So that was really cool. But we got to run into George McCaskey. I feel like we see him everywhere now. He mm-hmm. probably is like, oh, they're, they're back. Uh, you know, the guys do the podcast. Um, Red uh, just met a lot of people, saw a lot of cool just Bears nostalgic uh, like players, them talk about, you know, their old playing days so i think it was just a cool experience if you got to go just to see everything that they had there because it was what one like four different rooms four different halls that they had Mm -hmm. and there was something different in each one but a really good experience i'm glad we were able to go and attend it yeah i think my favorite part though was when you and i got to watch mitch get his beard trim i mean it's something so silly um but we're just a few feet away watching mitch uh, being nervous about having some random person tr- trim his beard. And Nick, uh, I think we made the same mistake, right? Oh, yeah, that was that was great. So what? We end up getting our, you know, our beard touched up. I, it's supposed to be a touch up. It's supposed to be. And I look that day later that day, I had to go and shave off my entire beard. I went, you know, 
no no facial hair. I haven't done that in a while, but yeah. Bottom line, don't take a free beer trim up because it, it's free for a reason. Yeah, uh, mistakes were made. I think that was the only mistake made uh, by us throughout the entire weekend. They had you walk out. You had hair all over your shirt, hair all over your face. I was like, Nick, go to the bathroom and clean yourself up. You look like a you know like a doofus out here. <laughs> I did. And then when I washed it off, I looked even more like a doofus because of what they did to my mustache. So it, it just wasn't a good time at all. So no, it was it wasn't, but hey, it's growing back now, so all is good. Well, I mean, it wasn't for you. It was hilarious for me. I never laughed so hard in my life looking at that mustache. They pretty much, for those wondering what they did to it, they took it from the nose and they cut it like halfway down. So it was like a little pencil stash. Oh, it was good. It was pretty funny. I've never had that done, and I never will. And surprisingly, <laughs> my mom was like, oh, it looks good. I'm like, you, you hate me, don't you? It's like, what, what's going on here? Oh, my God. How personalized can a financial plan be when it's created by one of those robo-advisors? Plugging in standard algorithm to calculate insurance need and future wealth of random human client. Robots don't know you. We do. At Farm Bureau Financial Services, getting to know you always comes first. Together, we'll create a financial plan based on your specific goals. Find a local Farm Bureau advisor at fbfs.com protect. It's your future. Let's protect it. And this, it was, uh, yeah, it was an experience for sure. Absolutely. And... On top of that, no, I think you hit on all the good points. I mean, honestly, just a lot of you know ways to honor the tradition, be a part of the tradition. We got to see the jersey uh, be unveiled on Friday night. Really good time overall. And again, uh, anytime you get around uh, thousands and thousands of your fellow Bears fans, you can just feel the energy around this fan base that I haven't felt in quite some time, maybe not even to this degree in my entire life. So to feel that energy firsthand, definitely experience that I'm never going to forget. All right, guys, let's go ahead and just jump right into the quarterbacks, and let's begin with our guy, Mitchell Trubisky. Now entering his third season, Trubisky just said yesterday that he hopes to play his entire career in Chicago. Now, it's been fun seeing Mitch, you know, kind of come out of his shell a little bit this offseason. He's really proving to be an awesome dude off of the field. That, and he's also taking some, you know, steps in Matt Nagy's offense here in year two of the system. Okay, maybe he's taking leaps because Taylor Gabriel just told reporters earlier today that Trubisky's improvement has been, and I quote, drastic. Now, even though we saw some improvement from Mitch last season and those improvement that we all kind of hope for, it's really time for Mitch to take his play to the next level this year. His success is going to be indicative on the rest of the offense. If he succeeds, so will everybody else. If he struggles, the entire offense is going to struggle as well. And again, we said it throughout camp, each position how well they perform, again, it's going to rely on Mitch. So let's go around the horn and share our thoughts on what areas of his game that you're kind of hoping to see Mitch kind of grow in. And Brandon, since you are fresh off of the protocol, you're up first. Yeah, one of the things I want to see him work on is it's just a lot of mental things, like the pre-snap reads. Can you read what the defense is doing and make adjustments from there? Is he going to be able to have enough capacity of the offense to make audibles if needed? Does Matt Nagy even give that you know option to him? So a lot of the things that I'm looking forward to, uh, and we, I don't think we'll necessarily see it in camp when the fans get to go uh, and watch, but I one thing that I, I'd be very interested to see come week one of the regular season is how much freedom does Matt Nagy give him uh, pre-snap? Yeah, I think Nagy, he's talked about that a little bit throughout minicamp so far and just how 
He's excited to see how Mitch is able to now, and I quote, fix the protection. Uh, because when you read a defense pre-snap and you get the right pass pro kind of call in, that allows your offensive line to be in the right position to succeed. And in turn, uh, Mitch, uh, what Nagy said, is that he's going to be a little bit more accurate this year. Uh, Nagy mentioned that he's seeing the progress, and it's this one area, of course, where I hope, and Brandon, you as well, because you just mentioned it, uh, that we hope to kind of see him improve come week one this season. I do expect him to have a lot of freedom in this offense, especially uh, pre-snap. What about you, Nick? Any areas of Mitch's game that you're just hoping or you believe you will see some improvement in? Yeah, so an area where I want to see Mitch improving and going into year three now, you know, just rushing things and then that affecting his mechanics. So on those quick throws, you know, you're not going to be able to maybe have uh, the laces or your hand on the laces. You have to just get the ball out quick. There are times where his mechanic kind of failed him when he's able to throw maybe a ball that's not very accurate. Uh, what I'm thinking of that just kind of glares out is uh, against the Rams is a first down throw to Taylor Gabriel, a quick speed out. It's a five-yard speed out, but yet the ball is three yards behind Gabriel has to make a diving catch still ends up gaining eight yards out of the play but you just want to see him be able to fix those little mechanical errors whether he's uh, throwing off a stiff leg uh, when it's on a quick route like that or he's overthrowing something so it's a quick mechanics and then just being able to diagnose defense like you were saying but we have to factor in this uh, with his junior year at North Carolina and his two seasons with the Bears he's played a total or started a total of 40 games 40 games is all Mitch Trubisky has, and I think we're going to see him now have a little bit of a collection of the different schemes defenses have been throwing at him. So then when he has to go and read a defense, he's going to know now going into year three, how do I attack this? What are my options? What are my reads? What is my progression? And where can I take down or just be able to throw the ball effectively to keep the, the offense out there? So I think there's these are all these things that Mitch Trubisky can definitely improve upon in year three, and I think he will because now he's going into his second year with the same offense, those same weapons, getting some upgrades in some areas. So I think we are going to see that, but we just need to see it all come to fruition now in year three for Mitch Trubisky. Now you mentioned uh... – that his experience is going to allow him to, you know, diagnose those elements that you described. I'm going to take it a step further. I believe that he was able to do it last year, but the problem is it wasn't since due to his, you know, lack of experience, it's not as automatic as some of these other guys in the league. He had to think about it a little bit more than some other quarterbacks. So now when he's out there and if that process becomes automatic where it's more like second nature and he's able to focus on other things, but his mind's able to kind of, you know, like he said, diagnose the coverage, know what he's doing with the pre-snap coverage, what he's going to be doing with the offensive line pass protection. If he's able to do those things, you know, without even having to think and he's able to focus on himself, that's really going to allow him to succeed. Uh, one thing for me, um, something I think he can do personally, it's going to be him as well as the remainder of the offense. I want to see improvement and when he's attacking the middle of the field, especially 10 yards or over. Because what, last year, he only had a passer rating in the middle of the field when he's throwing more than 10 yards of around 40. It wasn't pretty. And obviously, if we want this offense to be everything that we believe it can be, he needs to find a way, and the offense needs to find a way, to make that area of the field just as dangerous as when he's throwing to the sticks, when he's throwing to the sidelines, when he's throwing towards the bench. Because he was very good. His pass rating is very strong at those areas. But when it goes to the middle, it took a drop. And I have some reasons why I think that's going to happen. Uh, I'll wait for when I get to that point later on here in the show. And I also wanted to shed light on some growth that we saw last year. Just real quick, because it was about this time a year ago. 
And I challenge Mitch on the podcast uh, to improve his play under pressure uh, because as a rookie, he was 32nd against the Blitz, only had a pass rating of 48.7 when he was pressured, which ranked 34th in the NFL. So how did Mitch respond last year? Well, his pass rating jumped from 48.7 all the way to 78.1, and his NFL ranking went from 34th, jumped all the way up to 12th. Obviously, that's some due to the scheme, some with the personal growth, but either way, that was music to my ears, and I do believe that's another area of his game that he may be able to take even another step forward in this season. All right, guys, so as a rookie, uh, one thing that we saw Mitch not really do was launch the deep ball only 30 times. Now, last year, he more than doubled those attempts, 73 deep balls, which was sixth most in the NFL. And looking at some of the other players in the same ballpark in terms of a sample size, one thing stands out to me. Mitch's touchdown-to-interception ratio wasn't as strong as some of those other players. Uh, looking at some of the guys, uh, well, Trubisky at first, he had seven touchdowns to six interceptions. Mahomes, 15-6. to six. Aaron Rodgers, 12-0. to zero. Big Ben, 15-2. to two. Baker Mayfield, 11 touchdowns to four interceptions. And Russell Wilson, 15 touchdowns to only one interception. So, Nick, I want to go to you first. Uh, do you perhaps see a scenario in which Mitch's touchdown interception ratio on the deep ball can be improved this season and maybe be closer and more comparable to some of those guys? Yeah, I absolutely can see that. Actually, you know, I wrote an article about Mitch in the deep ball, and I think there's just going to be a lot of opportunities for Mitch to probably impact those numbers in a positive way. And you got to remember, this is that was his first year, right? Being in like a new offense and throwing to these receivers and trying to, uh, you know, connect with them ultimately. So I think you can see the improvement because Matt Nagy likes to call these these plays where his receivers are running deep. So the numbers and the players that you mentioned, you know, that's a pretty good group that you would want to be mixed in with. And I think Mitch Trubisky now being another year into this office, I really think that's where the comfortability comes in to where he's going to be able to trust these receivers. And like you mentioned, Will, make that second nature as opposed to, oh, should I throw this ball in this area or is this going to be picked off? Well, if you know if you have one-on-one coverage, give a guy like Allen Robinson that chance to go up for the deep ball. Or maybe maybe you can get a big-body guy like Adam Shaheen involved as well to maybe go down the field. So I think you can see and expect those numbers to improve one because Matt Nagy has not been shy of one wanting to throw the deep ball and two Trubisky's going to have that comfortability now going into the second year of this offense with Matt Nagy so I think the deep ball numbers you should expect to see improvement there all right what about you B anything else on Mitch's deep ball uh, that you want to kind of bring to the table here yeah just to add to the touchdown interception ratio uh, spoiler alert, I still haven't pegged it 2-1 to one for this year when we get to the projected stat line, but that's beside the point. Uh, I think the reason, though, that we've seen the 7-6 the to six, uh, touchdown-interception ratio as rookie year was we talked about it with the wide receiver show. He was throwing to Trey McBride. Deontay that, that was last year, Nick, uh, Brandon. Last year he was 2-1, to one, though, wasn't he? Not in the deep ball. I'm talking just deep ball. I'm not in deep ball. In okay. general. Gotcha. I was thinking of his rookie stat overall. Womp, so don't mind me, womp, but regardless, womp. I mean, then then still to add to the discussion though, I mean, the the playmakers that are there. When we hear that Allen Robinson uh, is at a point where he's stronger than he was ever, in you know in a Bears uniform, because last year he was coming off that injury the year before, things of that nature. Now that we're hearing that he's uh, faster, stronger than he was uh, than you think he's ever been, uh, that plays a huge role in it as well because he's going to have that ability to fight. How personalized can a financial plan be when it's created by one of those robo-advisors? 
plugging in standard algorithm to calculate insurance need and future wealth of random human client. Robots don't know you. We do. At Farm Bureau Financial Services, getting to know you always comes first. Together, we'll create a financial plan based on your specific goals. Find a local Farm Bureau advisor at fbfs.com slash protect. It's your future. Let's protect it. Some of these guys off, go get those 50-50 balls and what have you. And, that, you know, Taylor Gabriel's a guy that you know, increases QBRs whenever he's thrown too. So that's a natural <laughs> given when you throw it deep to him. So there's just a lot more uh, talent uh, as well surrounding him that's really going to help aid in that uh, decrease in touchdown interception ratio. All right. Now, we're not done with our discussion on Mitch. In many ways, I think we're just kind of getting warmed up here. I actually personally still have some interesting insight on his play-action numbers, but before we get to those, uh, we do need to call a quick timeout to tell you a little bit about our show sponsor, SeatGeek. Do you ever feel like ticketing websites make getting to the event difficult on purpose? The real question is, how easy could it be if those ticketing sites actually cared? With millions of live event tickets and a price match guarantee, SeatGeek proves there is a better way. Search sports, live music, comedy, and more. SeatGeek has the tickets you're looking for all in one place. They built the fastest way to find tickets so you can stop searching for the perfect seat and start enjoying it. So, why is SeatGeek better than the rest? That's a great question. To put it as simply as possible, SeatGeek is a better process. They pull together millions of tickets from all over the web, then rates each of those tickets on a scale of 1 to 10. Finally, SeatGeek displays them on the interactive seat map, and every purchase is fully guaranteed so you can shop for tickets with confidence. As you know, all of us here at the Chicago Audible, we have the SeatGeek app on our phone, and it's always, for the past few years, been the best way that we've been able to shop for tickets. I'm still looking at that Bears-Green Bay game because it's week one, kicking off that 100 season. There's still plenty of amazing deals left there. And if you're looking to join us as we go watch the Bears take on the Kansas City Chiefs late in December at Soldier Field, a big kind of Super Bowl kind of feel to it, at least as it stands today, I highly encourage you to check out SeatGeek for these tickets soon before these amazing deals are taken. And don't forget my hack. You can first create your own budget of how much you're willing to spend per ticket, set the maximum amount you want to pay, and then just sort it by deal. And that's why you know that you're going to be getting the best seats possible. And here's the kicker. SeatGeek will even give you $10 off your first purchase. And all you need to do is use our promo code. Download the SeatGeek app today and use promo code BEARS for $10 off your first purchase. And again, that promo code is BEARS, B-E-A-R-S, for $10 off your first SeatGeek purchase. Alrighty, you're listening to the Chicago Audible Podcast. This is Countdown to Camp. We are talking about the quarterbacks, mainly focusing on Mitch. And don't forget, Luke Canellis of Fox 32 Chicago will be joining the podcast here later on throughout the show. And if you're watching here on YouTube, we'll be uploading that video shortly after this recording. All right, so like I mentioned, I'm very intrigued by Mitch's play action. Uh, due to uh, the running issues last year, to put it as softly as quickly as possible, he didn't get to run the play action a ton, only 92 times. That was 24th in the NFL. Now let's look at what Jared Goff did with Todd Gurley in the backfield. He had 203 attempts off the play fake. That's more than double. Now, despite no real running threat, Mitch still dominated off the play action. He had 107 107 pass rating, which was 16th in the NFL off of play fakes. He did have a 7-to-1 touchdown to interception ratio. That was 10th in the NFL. And he completed 72% of his passes off of the play fake. That was 9th. Now, 
I believe the addition of someone, uh, I believe his name is David Montgomery. Uh, I can't help but shake the feeling that play action is going to be a larger part of this offense. And if Mitch can play at the same level as he did last year, or maybe just slightly improve, we could be looking at the numbers like golf, where last year off of the play fake, he was able to throw 15 touchdowns. Nick, what do you envision the play action looking like? Is it going to be as vital as I'm starting to believe? I think so, Will. And it's funny that you mentioned play action because I was actually watching. I don't know why I was watching this game, but I went back all the way preseason week two when Mitch made his first appearance and it was against the Broncos. That's what they ran every single play almost was that play action. And Trubisky out of college at UNC, that's what he was known for, being able to throw accurately on the run. And a big guy that's going to be a part of this is David Montgomery having that, you know, what is supposed to be is going to be a better running rushing attack. That's going to help Mitch in the play action, get him out in space. That's where he can do some damage. So I think you put up all the numbers. He already has stats that are in his favor right now, but if the bears are able to utilize that a little bit more in their offense in 2019, I think that's going to be one good for the offense, staying out there, putting up points and two good for Mitch Trubisky. Cause I think that's one of the strengths of his game, but we really didn't get to see a lot of it last year. You put out the numbers and it's, it's funny because Look, I went back to that Broncos game. I went back to what I what I wrote about him when I first started like breaking down Mr. Trubisky. Play action. He's good on play action. Well, I think now that he has a running back that teams have to really be scared of with David Montgomery, Mike Davis, Tariq Cohen, that's going to be a little that's going to be uh play dividends for Mitch Trubisky to really utilize that play action, play to his strengths and just be another option for this Bears offense. What about you, B? Uh, do you believe that, uh, obviously we saw that Mitch can succeed without much of a play-action threat, but do you believe that if he's able to run it again, he doesn't have to do it over 200 times, but if he's able to jump that number from like the 90s to like 150 with a running back like Montgomery or even a Mike, you know, a Mike Davis when he's out there, that keeps the defense a little bit more honest, of course moves the linebackers up, kind of creates more holes, more soft spots in the defenses. Do you envision him elevating his play off the play fake? Uh, yes and no. I'm going to tone it down a little bit from you guys hyping it all up. Uh, sorry to play advocate on this one, but that was one of Mitch's strengths coming in was the play fake bootleg. He throws very well on the run. Uh, so I think that's something that should definitely be incorporated into the offense, but a lot of the play fake comes down to how well does your running back succeed in the running game in that certain game or that certain situation. Uh, so I think it would really succeed more uh, in situations where they know the run's coming, obviously, throw them off a little bit. Uh, but it also depends on how well David Montgomery can get established. And I know that teams don't have tape on him, so he's going to be able to maybe explode a little bit earlier. But as soon as teams get tape on him uh, and start to kind of game plan, they're not going to game plan around him necessarily, but game plan for the running attack in itself, uh, and it say it doesn't get started like it did last year, I think we'll, those numbers will deflate a little bit if the running game struggles to get started. All right. Now, Nick. You brought up a very interesting talking point, and that was earlier in our chat today. Uh, you wanted to know, what about Mitch and his game gives us the most hope? Like, why do we like Mitchell Trubisky? What about him do we like the most? And I know that you found yourself a little bit perplexed. I mean, there are a lot of reasons to really believe in Mitch, uh, get hyped about him, you know, all of those things. And I'm curious, what have you came to any conclusion yet? I know we have some Twitter question uh, answers that I want to get to because I thought some of our listeners, some of our followers on social media did provide some great answers. But have you came to your own conclusion yet? Yeah, so I went back and looked into you know my draft breakdown. When first time I've ever done this for a prospect, and the first guy I ever did was Mitch. You can't really see that. 
And I'm like, why did I, why did I like this prospect? What was it about him? And what have I seen in his two years with the bears that reinforces, uh, you know, what I first thought about him and what it was. And it doesn't reflect in the stats that he's put up so far in his, you know, young NFL career, but it is his accuracy. That's what I really liked about Mitch Trubisky coming out of North Carolina. And that's what I still like about him now, because I still think he has not even come close to his peak of where he can be in terms of being an accurate quarterback. I think that's where, I when I look at Mitch, where he's going to be able to stand in a pocket and just pick apart a defense, he has that ability. But I just think that being in one offense one year, coming into a new offense and learning it all right, uh, right up front. And Matt Nagy's admitted that he probably gave Mitch Trubisky a little bit too much to handle uh, in his first year. So I think now year year three, we're going to really see what Mitch Trubisky is about at an accuracy standpoint. So that's what I really like about Mitch is where he's able to deliver throws. And the last game against the Eagles really displayed that accuracy where Allen Robinson's making these catches in front of, you know, this corner and then in front of the safety, just right behind the corner, there's can only be one spot where that ball can be thrown. And Mitch was making that play. So that's what I really like. It's a huge situation, and if, you, if you're if you off by a couple of inches, a couple of centimeters, whatever it may be, it could be a deflected pass, could be an interception, but we saw that come out of Mitch, and that's what I went back to just thinking about what I really like about Mitch. It's that accuracy. So I want to see what it's going to be like in 2019. All right, what about you, B? I'll kind of take a similar approach to Nick. Uh, like, I'm not looking at what I did, you know, breaking down why I liked him uh, in that scouting report necessarily. But one thing I remember about Mitch was uh, he was raw. And like you said, like we said earlier in the show, he doesn't have a whole lot of playing experience, you know, from high school to now. Like, I think it was 40 games, I think, was the number that I heard earlier. Uh, so I, that's that's something that I really like about him is he hasn't reached his ceiling yet. Like, there's still so much to be excited for. He's good at a lot of things. Uh, but there's still so much more that we could see out of him, and I don't know if my expectations for him are too high, and sometimes I'm too critical of him, but I just want him to reach that level. You know, when was the last time the Bears, if ever, had a, a quarterback of elite status? You know, I can't really think of one unless you throw Rex Grossman in there when he took oh. him to the Super Bowl, what? but I'm not throwing him at in least, there. At least he has to go Luckman. I mean, we haven't, we didn't get yeah, a watch Luckman, Luckman but... My man, right. <laughs> Oh, gee. Yeah, maybe not. <laughs> this is a quarterback okay, so we'll, show, but... Yes. Yeah, we'll throw Luckman in there. So that the last time the Bears had an elite quarterback, you know, there's a reason, you know, there's just so much potential, so much to be excited for when you watch him play and see him grow each and every week. That's the reason why I really like Mitch. And is he necessarily the guy? Yeah. Yeah, I th- I think he is. In the long term, this is one that you definitely have to stick through. So I I think that this is one that I can say I'm excited for a quarterback since Kyle Orton. Wow. No, I mean, that's the Purdue uh, in you yes. uh, saying that. But you had me scared when he did the, eh. I was like, oh. I was like where's that going to go? <laughs> now, for me, guys, what I like about Mitch, I'm going to go off the field. I really love his humility, number one. He's humble as, well, I was going to say something I shouldn't say on the podcast, but he is humble as that. Uh, he really is. I mean, anytime that reporters ask him questions about his uh, personal aspirations, he kind of downplays it. It's all about the betterment of the team, the team's success. I don't care what my stats are. I just want to go out there and win Super Bowls. And, again, Nagy's even said, like, Mitch doesn't go out there and say it just because it sounds good. He believes it. That's the mantra. That's the mindset that Mitch brings inside Hallis Hall each and every day. And on top of that, of him being humble, knowing that he can always improve, always get better, always get stronger with his connections with his teammates, he also has uh, a burning desire to be known as a great quarterback here in Chicago. I mean, he said he wants to be a Bear forever. 
Have you ever heard a quarterback say that? No. I mean, that's never happened. So for me to hear that really perked up my ears. And like I said, the kid wants to be great. And I think that if he can keep his, you know, humble mindset, but also grow the confidence at the same time, because again, if you're too humble, that's, that's also could be a problem. You have to have confidence in your abilities, uh, confidence. You can go out there and succeed, go out there, you know, and play, uh, knowing that you're better than the other people out there. Uh, so for me, uh, Mitch is kind of balanced between his humility and uh, his desire to be great are definitely the reasons why I believe he can be the guy uh, to take this team all the way. And on top of that, uh, Nick, you and I were watching him throughout the weekend, right? I mean, dressing up like McMahon, having you know, making jokes, wisecracks with the fans. I mean, he is a good dude, and I think good things are going to follow him. I really do. All right. I mean, go ahead. Like you said, Will, uh, he has everyone's support. And he has the support around him to be a good quarterback. He really does. Now it's just up to Mitch to really kind of own this and take it and make it whatever it can be in Chicago. If it, if his career ends up being uh, all the years here, that's probably a good thing for the Bears, a good thing for this organization, a good thing for him. But he has everything there. He has support of you know the fan base. He has some good weapons around him. He just needs to bring it all together. And 2019 could be that year, you guys. I really think it is. It's starting to feel like it. I'm getting like every time I think about this team when I'm working and I want like to take a little bit of a break and I'm thinking about, you know, this year coming up, I start getting goosebumps. I really do. Like the team, it's so special. And I can't wait uh, as we kind of get through this offseason, get to camp and really start to get like, you know, dig our teeth into what this team can be for 2019. Uh, but real quick, guys, I did want to run through Twitter and just respond, uh, you know, read some of those responses that we got. Uh, Raul said he likes to poise. Uh, Rooster Cogburn uh, mentioned his able ability to convert on third downs. Uh, that and his uh, ability combined with Nagy's play calling are very reassuring. Uh, Jasper said that his drive, like I mentioned, uh, to be better. Uh, every quarterback, he said, has talent. Uh, but there's something different about Mitch uh, when he talks, how he practices, those sorts of things. Uh, Casey said his approach to the process, not to get too high in the successes or too low in the mistakes, kind of stay the course. Uh, Stefan said his growth under pressure, which I already alluded to a little bit earlier here on the show. Uh, Sadiq said that he looks forward to what Mitch brings on the ground because he has an electric run game to him. Uh, Neil Ludwig, he said that the fact that he's only had, like you mentioned, Nick, those 40 career starts, uh, but he's still been able to show the improvement every step of the way without any signs of slowing down. Uh, Cody said that he wants to get better, his leadership, that he loves his play, his teammates around him. Again, so many reasons. I saw dedication on there as I was scrolling. A lot of great responses. I appreciate everyone who did that. I'm curious for here, everyone watching on YouTube, I want you to put your responses here in the chat. And if you're watching the replay of the show, make sure to drop them in the comments. Uh, what is the reasons about Mitch that get you excited about his career, about 2019? Any way you want to take it, definitely get your voice heard. Throw it in the chat. All right, guys, last thing about Mitch, and then we do have to kind of move on. I know, it's sad, but what do you anticipate about Trubisky's ceiling and floor? Because I asked you last year, and I really want to see how these have kind of shifted. And I'm going to ask, and this may be a challenge, uh, stay away from the numbers until the end of the show so we can start doing some of the stats then. So outside of the numbers, what kind of quarterback can Mitch be, his ceiling and his floor? Because last year, we didn't really know. And I think we're going to have a little bit more of a concrete uh, kind of idea now. And B, I'm going to let you kick things off. Does a robot know you like a neighbor? Insurance Corporation will fulfill requests to cover anyone, anything, anytime, anywhere, with most standard algorithm in the order it was received. Please hold. Robots don't know you. We do. At Farm Bureau Financial Services, 
Getting the insurance coverage you need always starts with a conversation. Find a Farm Bureau agent at fbfs.com slash protect. It's your future. Let's protect it. Wait, that's tough. Um, trying to stay away from the numbers is the hard part. Mm-hmm. Uh, Challenge. It is. Yeah, I'm going to kind of stick with the Kyle Orton thing. He's better than Kyle Orton is, uh, but he's one of those quarterbacks that he's getting the job done, keeping the team in games, doing what he has to do. And he can do a little bit better, obviously, but just for a, a, a player comparison, uh, was you know Orton was a guy that always kept the team in it, always was doing the right things. Mitch is going to take that uh, to the next level. He's a couple steps above that, but just for a quick player comparison, I guess, as to where he's pegged as far as Bears quarterbacks and their role in the offense, I guess is the best way to put it uh, sure. for lack of better words. Uh, that's kind of where I've gotten pegged. And I don't know, you know, that's middle ground. I think uh, he could, he could dip a little lower. And if there's an injury that occurs, knock on wood, cause that's not going to happen. Uh, but he can definitely be a lot better as well. Like I said, that's one of the things that gets me really excited is his potential. And I don't really know what his ceiling is going to be because I think that he's just got so much further to go. So much growth. All right, Nick, how about you? You know what? Uh, just thinking back to last year, think back to that Rams game where Trubisky got bailed out because of you know the way he played and how the defense played. For the ceiling this year, I want Mitch to be that guy that can maybe bail out the defense when they have a bad day. Mm. So be that guy that can make those throws when you need him to, uh, to lead an offense down in a two-minute drill um, when they're, they we're down a score. Somebody like that, this is now your three. There's no more excuses for Mitch now, you guys. I think he has everything in front of him to be the quarterback that, look, being number two overall now, you have this status that you may have, you have to live up to for the rest of your career. I want to see him be that guy. Maybe even be a – look, I, obviously he made the Pro Bowl. He did. I want to see him actually, well, you know, best case scenario he doesn't because the Bears are in the Super Bowl, right. but legit make a Pro Bowl, have the numbers to back it up as opposed to being like an alternate. That's maybe what I would say is like maybe the ceiling this year. Now he's not the guy that needs somebody else to bail him out. He can bail out his team because of the throws he's making because now he can read defenses because you see that progression from 2017 to 2019. That's what I want to see for Mitch Trubisky in 2019. I want to see if he's that guy. And I think he has all the intangibles. He has the weapons. He's in the right scenario to really make that come to fruition. All right. I'm going to take this a different route. I'm going to say his ceiling this year, top 10 quarterback in the NFL, uh, statistic-wise. I believe Allen Robinson, uh, when he said that this offense is striving to be the best in the NFL, we heard that a lot from the defense last year, guys, that they believe that they can be the best defense in the NFL. They showed out. Maybe the offense here in year two, they take jumps, leaps, bounds. And again, if they end up being one of the best offenses in the NFL, Mitch has to be a top 10 offense in the NFL in order for that to happen. My ceiling? Well, that was my ceiling. I'm at my floor. I'm getting my uh, architecture a little bit upside down here. Uh, My floor here, I say top 15 quarterback. I still do. I think it's a very small ceiling and floor. It's a very kind of narrow spot where I'm kind of pegging him here. But I don't really envision a scenario where he's outside that. I don't see him being in those bottom half of the league in terms of you know quarterbacks this year I do think he's going to be in the top half of the league and if best case scenario comes out top 10 and that's the kind of guy that I'm hoping to see out of Mitch this year 
All right, fellas. Well, that's going to be on Mitch uh, for now. We do have a little bit, you know, plenty more of the show ahead as we kind of get to the final segment of our show. Uh, but first, I do want to quickly go through both Chase Daniel and Tyler Bray. I'm fairly confident that everybody listening knows what we have in those two. Um, and, of course, after that, we're going to bring in our pal Luke Nellis from Fox 32. So starting with Chase, I think that, again, uh, we know what we're going to get from him. Uh, we saw it last year when he filled in for Mitch. He was very serviceable. He played well, but not overly great. Uh, more within the system. Uh, but again, the thing that kind of kept coming up on the podcast and when I think about it and reflect that comes up in my mind uh, time and time again is that he just doesn't give the offense the same kind of juice, the same kind of spark as a Mitch, which again, he's a backup quarterback, not what he needs to do. I think the serviceable route is more along the lines of what I'm expecting. Nick, anything else on Chase Daniel about what you expect from him if he does have to play again this year? Yeah, like I think you said it best, play within the system. You want to see him doing too much. I think it was against the Giants. I, I want to say it was maybe the first throw of the game or second throw. It was a pick six going the other way. So you also don't want to see him make those mistakes. Just be a guy that does his job, doesn't turn over the ball. Allow your playmakers to make these plays. You just got to get the ball to them. That's what you want to see from Chase Daniel. And also the big, a big reason why he's here is to help Mitch Trubisky get this offense. And we've talked about that many times on many podcasts. But that's what you expect from Chase Daniel. Hopefully we don't even have to see him play play two games like we did last year. Mitch is able to stay healthy for an entire entire season. But that's what I'm thinking that fans should expect from, from Chase Daniel, just to be a guy that if he does have to play, he's able to do his job, knows obviously he's going to know the offense, make the proper throws, don't put the team in bad situations. You have a great defense, so you don't have to do anything over the top to potentially win a game. Just don't lose it. Right. One thing I think we're going to see less of out of Chase Daniel are going to be practices at training camp that he looked better than Mitch. Do you agree? Yeah, very true. Oh, yeah. yeah. I absolutely agree with that. All right, B, outside of you know him playing within the system, uh, knowing what kind of quarterback he is, uh, Nick already kind of hit on, again, uh, that it's understood that his main focus is being that leader, that mentor to Mitch. Anything else about Chase that you want to mention? Do you think he's going to dress up again and hide in the crowd year two, bring uh-huh. it back? I I think that for Chase, the biggest thing is just to improve his quality of play as a quarterback because it will help him be smarter in the room. I mean, like we say, he doesn't have to be the the, the guy that's going to go out there and win his games because he's just going to be a backup as long as he's serviceable. And as long as he – I think if he continues to try and improve his game, that's just going to help everyone else in the room as well. All right. Again, uh, Chase Daniel and both Tyler Bray, we know what we're going to get, and hopefully we don't have to talk about them after this show all year long. But uh, real quickly on Bray, uh, again, not much to say about him in terms of what he provides as a player. Uh, been in the league since 2014 still. And I said this last year, I'll say it again, only one NFL pass to his name. It was an incompletion. Uh, again, the Bears showed us last year that they're not going to be carrying three quarterbacks on the roster. Really, if they didn't do it last year, there's no scenario humanly possible in which they were going to use a roster spot this year on a QB three, and with the you know especially with the deep talent at the other positions. Uh, I think they'll keep them around as that just in case option if they need to put another you know active quarterback on this roster. Uh, here's my most interesting stat or intriguing stat or just my only stat I have on <laughs> Tyler Bray. Uh, the Bears have either cut or signed him nine times since last match. <laughs> wow. Wow. He keeps coming back, though. Keeps coming back. Good he for does. Tyler Bray. He does. Uh, so, guys, any chance he makes the roster? I don't think I need to ask. Uh, no. Uh, is there any uh, other value? Well, that how many paid? times? <laughs> oh, yeah, you're right. Like, <laughs> over, <laughs> under. <laughs> over under. Over under. 
Nine nine transactions this year. But for real, uh, outside of him not making the final roster, again, he may need to get called up. But, again, that's last-case scenario. Uh, any other value that you want to mention uh, about Tyler Bray, Nick? Uh, value, I mean, I think it does bring value to this quarterback room, just being another guy, another mind, different perspective. But, again, he's most likely will end up being cut, being put on the practice squad, and you know, kind of just adding to the number of times he's been doing that throughout his career. Um, but that's that's all it needs to really be said about Tyler Bray. Like you mentioned it, well, there's so many other positions now that have a lot of depth at those positions to where there's no way feasible that the Bears can carry three quarterbacks, and it just wouldn't be the best option for them. B, you have anything else? If they need another tower at training camp for video camera, they can just have Tyler Bray stand there with the video cameras up size he can get. He's a pretty tall guy, but no. I mean, just another good guy to have in the room. Uh, again, very smart. So he'll be there for training camp to help Mitch along, but he's not going to make the team. All right. Guys, enough of the backup quarterback talk. We have Luke Nellis of Fox 32 on the line to save the day here. All right, Lou, well, I want to thank you for joining us. Obviously, it was great seeing you last week, and I want to know, how did you enjoy Bears 100? Oh, I'll tell you what. As a uh, lifelong Bears fan who grew up in Chicago, who's been a season ticket holder since he was four, my godfather left his season tickets in his will for me when they were playing at Wrigley Field. It was, it was phenomenal. I mean, you know, to work there... And to be part of the orange carpet broadcast that we did on Fox 32 Chicago, that was special because it gave me the opportunity to talk to guys like Coach Dick, uh, Dick Buckus, Ted Phillips, George McCaskey, Richard Dent, and on down the line. But then just to be around all those fans, Fox had a setup upstairs on the upper level where Fox Sports actually shipped in the set that Fox will be using on this year's Super Bowl, Super Bowl 54, that we're going to be carrying on uh, on Fox from Miami, they sent in the set, and uh, it gave fans the chance to take pictures with me up on the set that they'll be using during the Super Bowl. Wait, just to see the I... excitement and all the Bears fans, it was uh, it was pretty special. It was a great weekend. I loved it. Wait, I thought I just waited in line to get a picture with you and to say, hey, I had no idea that was the Super Bowl set. Yeah, that's the Super Bowl set they'll be using. Uh, you know, we had the cutout of Terry and Howie alongside, but that's the set that those guys will be sitting at on the field at, hell, I don't even know what they call it, where they play, where the Dolphins play these days. But whatever wow. that stadium is called, that they finally, uh, they finally remodeled, refurbished, to allow them to pick up the Super Bowl. Yeah, that's what they'll be using. All right, well, I don't think I touched it, but I'm definitely going to tell people that I did from this point forward. (laughs) Absolutely. All right, now real quick, the rest of today's show uh, that you're not going to be a part of is the quarterback edition of our positional preview series we do every summer. It's called Countdown to Camp. So I'm really curious to your thoughts on Mitch Trubisky, and I can go ahead and go on and on and point out the reasons to be excited about him this upcoming season. But what about you, Lou? What kind of year are you expecting out of Mitch, and why so? Man, I'll tell you what. I'm excited about number 10. I think that he showed vast improvement from game one to that final drive where he put him put that team in position to kick that field goal to win it. Uh, we know what happened. We know how that worked out. I just – this kid's determined. He's, he, he is someone who pursues excellence, and he works hard. He has a great relationship with his coach, 
with his quarterbacks coach, Dave Ragone, and his teammates love him. So I think Mitch has it all going for him. Not only does he, you know, master the offense now, and remember, you know, when Matt Nagy took the job, he said an offense like this takes three, four, maybe even five years to master. Mm-hmm. Trubisky's worked so hard at it that he talked to all his teammates, and I did the last few weeks, whether it was OTAs or minicamp the last couple of days, and it's no longer anyone out there thinking. Everyone is reacting now, and that's so important because you're going to find Nagy giving Mitch the chance to step to the line of scrimmage, and if he sees something that Nagy can't spot, he'll allow him to audible at the line of scrimmage and call a different play, and that's so important because defenses – you know, tried to confuse Trubisky last year, and at times they did, and at times, you know, like against Tampa Bay, he threw five touchdown passes, so you couldn't stop the kid. He's got great, uh, great targets at skill positions. Uh, Nagy and Ryan Pace are putting together the roster that they see as the perfect fit for this Matt Nagy, Andy Reid type offense, which meant Jordan Howard going to Philadelphia and David Montgomery being drafted. So I see exciting things on the offensive side of the football, especially for Mitch Trubisky. I'd be surprised. Listen, now, do I think he's going to be the number one passer in the NFL? I'm not saying that, but I saw Joe Flacco win a Super Bowl. And if he can put up Joe Flacco numbers and just not lose games, remember, he threw 24 touchdown passes. I think it was 12 interceptions last year. He put that team in position to win. And when you have a defense like the Bears do, that's all you want from your quarterback. He doesn't have to be Aaron Rodgers out there. Aaron Rodgers wishes he had a defense like they do in Chicago. So I th- I expect big things for Mitch this season. Lou, there's a lot of excitement right now. Look, the Bears are celebrating their 100th season. The 100th uh, celebration was just this past weekend. There's a lot of excitement around Chicago and the Bears. When was the last time you would say that you kind of felt this excitement about the Bears going into, like, a season? Boy, I'll tell you what. I, in my opinion, you have to go back to the you'd have to go back to the eighties. Now, you know, mm. there'll, there'll be those who argue and say, "Well, yeah, well, what about two thousand six? Two thousand six kind of came about, you know, surprised us all, and then we thought that maybe the following season they'd get back, and the mat, you know, Rex Grossman just didn't have what he had the season before. I'm I'm going to go back to the mid eighties, and a lot of here. It, it's because of the defense. And I told people mm-hmm. all weekend at the Bears convention, it's all about 52. If 52 stays mm-hmm. healthy, this team's in a great position to really, and in my opinion, I, I truly believe they will get to the Super Bowl. I don't necessarily think they're going to win it. I don't know. I'm not saying they're not going to win it. I need to see what happens through training camp and at least get a feel of the first few games to see where other teams are. But this team is good enough to get to the Super Bowl because of its defense. You're talking about 9 of 11 starters returning, if you include um, Buster Screen and uh, Clinton Dix as your two newcomers on, the, uh, newcomers on the, the defensive side of the football. So I, I feel really good about it. I, I'm, you know, I, I'm not blowing smoke up anyone's rear end. I really feel good <laughs> about where this team is, what they did during the offseason the way they feel right now. I told people also that, you know, while it hurt, and believe me, it hurt me as much as any fan out there because I'm a fan first and then a broadcaster when it comes to the Bears. It hurt to lose the way they did last year, but 
I'm old enough to see what the Bulls did after they hurt against the Pistons and what the Blackhawks did after they hurt against losing to the the Red Wings in the playoffs Mm -hmm. and the Cubs with the Cardinals and the Mets not long ago. And I truly believe that the same will hold true for the Bears. Suffering the pain that they did and losing the way they did against Philadelphia and, and now having a coach remind them every day about what happened keeps a chip on your shoulder and forces these these players who are com- great competitors already, but forces them to go out and not take their foot off the pedal every single day, whether it's OTAs, mini camp, training camp coming up, preseason games. I mean, Nagy said it a few times t- a couple of weeks. He's had a tough time telling these guys to let up. He's going to have a real tough time asking the defense to let up in training camp and not hurting any of these guys on offense. So I'm excited about what's going to happen. Oh, I can definitely tell. Now, you you may have already alluded to this, Lou, uh, but outside of Mitch, who do you think is the most important player on this team that will either make or break the season's success? Is that Mac? 100%. 100% it's Mac. I mean, look at what Mac did without an an off-season workout program last year. I mean, he basically was sitting at home waiting to see what was going to happen with the Raiders. He had no training camp, and then he just wreaked havoc in every game he played in and then missed a little bit of time because of the injury. Now the guys had an entire off-season program to learn under Chuck Pagano's new defensive system, to learn people, faces, his, his own personal well-being and life in the Chicagoland area. And he's just 100% more comfortable. We know what he can do on defense. And now everyone understands that he's the leader of this D. Even a guy like Akeem Hicks, who in my opinion is one of the nicest football players, professional athletes you'll ever meet. But, you know, even Hicks last year at some point got annoyed with all the Mac questions. And now that he spent a season with Khalil Mack, and saw how hard this guy works and how blessed he is with this talent that he has, there is just a sense of respect amongst all those guys that will do nothing but benefit this entire team. I think I actually think 52 is most important and then 10. And if those two guys can stay healthy, they're going to the Super Bowl. If one of those two guys goes down, if 52 goes down, I'm worried. I just... He's irreplaceable on defense because he makes so many players around him so much better. Mm-hmm. Um, if Ken goes down, you know, Chase played pretty well last year when he missed those three games. So not that I'm, you know, fully – this is a different schedule this year. You guys look at that schedule. That's, that's murderer's row every single game. Every game is a tough game. If you think, you know, if you include that – you know, your NFC North games, no matter how poorly Detroit might be playing, they're still going to bring it every time they play the Bears because it's just it's a division game. Every game is tough. That's the first place schedule that they're going to be uh, going up against this year. So that, there won't be an easy Sunday, but I think they're the, the supreme team in the NFC, and that includes the Rams, who are Midas and Dominican Sue, who's not there anymore. And I question really uh, – Todd Gurley and his health and you know they worked him so hard those first couple of years you know this guy is injury prone I'm just not sure that the Rams will be with the right we saw last season 
And Lou, you talked about the pain that, you know, you've gone through, that we've all gone through as being Chicago fans. And, you know, a lot a lot of that pain is from the kicking position. And obviously right now there's still some question marks. You have Elliot Fry, Eddie Pinheiro, and they're going to be the focal point going into, you know, training camp. What are, what are your thoughts on that position? What's your confidence level like? And we know the Bears can't have it come down to that one opportunity where a kicker maybe has to make the game-winning kick. What are just your thoughts of that position in general? Well, here, it's a crapshoot. Um, <laughs> it really is. I mean, if you look at the all-time great field goal kicker, Adam Vinatieri, when he played at South Dakota State, and, you know, there was no great buildup when Vinatieri came into the league. Robbie Gold, if I remember correctly, was working at a steel mill when the Bears signed him as an, un, not even undrafted, he was just a free agent out there. So um, Bears are in a tough position. I, I, I pray that we don't ever see what we saw last season. You mm-hmm. knew it was going to end that way because he had missed nine prior. So you just get caught into a position. You need to look at the business aspect of football. And when you spend the kind of money or guarantee the kind of money that the Bears did to that position and Cody Parkey, you just can't, no matter how poorly he is kicking, you just can't cut him loose. You just can't. You, you hope at some point he turns it around and proves to be the player you thought you were buying when you picked him up as a free agent. It didn't happen, and because of the way it ended, it'll never happen in this town with Cody Parkey and the Bears. So now you bring in guys, and they realize that Chris Blewett wasn't the guy. You brought up Pinheiro. Uh, you brought up, uh, what's the other guy's name? I can't even, Elliot Fry. Elliot Fry. Um, you know, they, they may have to turn to a veteran out there. Maybe Sebastian Janikowski. I mean, he's still out there available if he's willing to join the team at a, I mean, money's a factor here too. They're not going to go out. Robbie gold is not coming back. All right, let's get that out there right now. Robbie gold is not coming back to Chicago. It's just not possible there's a history that Robbie had with this team. Most of it great. Some of it not so good. And I just don't believe the franchise will bring him back, no matter what kind of position they're in. In addition to the fact that he makes a hell of a lot of money, and they just don't want to spend that kind of money on the kicker position. So they've got to make it work. Hopefully it happens with these two guys. There might be another veteran out there that they bring in, but they'll just keep shuffling the deck. I mean, here, it's a lot easier to shuffle the deck and bring the guys in and out when you're not paying them $9 million guaranteed. So, Lou, we have one final segment here for you. Uh, it's kind of like rapid fire to kind of end it off. Uh, so for these, I'm just looking for like one-word answers. I'm going to start you off slow, warm you up, and then we're going to kind of hit it. Uh, are you a cat or a dog kind of person? Dog. Super salad? Salad. Erlacher or Singletary? Erlacher. What's your favorite beer? Bud Light. All right. And then here's one. What's the last song that you've streamed? It, it was a Drake song. I don't even remember the name of it, but it just All happened right. the other day. <laughs> All right. Here's one. You're going to get a remote, uh, remote for your life, but it only has one button on it. Is it going to be a pause button or a rewind button? Oh, uh, rewind. All right. And now the Bears MVP of 2019 is going to be? Khalil Mack. The Bears are going to win how many games? 11. True or false? The Bears are winning the Super Bowl. Still to be decided. <laughs> <laughs> how about how about how about true or false? Bears will get to the Super Bowl. Yes, they will get there. 
I heard. I remember you saying that earlier. I was trying to put you on the spot and see what if uh, we can get an answer out of you. Well, I'm gonna if if, if I have to make a decision, I'm a Bears fan first. So, they're gonna win. Bingo! Awesome stuff, Nick. Anything else for Lou before we let him go and drive? Uh, you know what, Lou? I wanted to actually get your take just because we were at the Bears 100 celebration and we saw all these these great players that were coming in there, in and out. And obviously, the Bears are known for the linebackers and the guys that have played here: Singletary, Buckus, Erlacher, of course. But when you see a guy like Roquan Smith, does do those linebackers come to mind? Do you think he has the potential of kind of being that next, you know, guy that can really just uh, be a leader of this defense, be one who's just making all these tackles, making all these plays. What's your thoughts on Roquan? I think Roquan will be an all pro. I'm not willing to say that Roquan Smith will be a hall of famer. I think Khalil Mack will be a hall of famer. Um, but Roquan Smith is a guy who I find will be one of, you know, he, he might here, here, here I'll, I'll make this statement. I think Roquan Smith will finish in the top five career wise in tackles as a member of the Chicago bears. Oh. He's just so sound fundamentally when it comes to wrapping up tacklers. I think that, uh, here his transition last year went smoothly because of the talent alongside him. Yeah. You know, people forget about Danny Trevathan when healthy, terrific. You look at his experience that he had in Denver. Leonard Floyd, when he only has to worry about rushing the passer, dropping back in coverage, um, terrific. I mean, that's the beauty of this foursome that they have at linebacker. Everyone's got specific roles, and you know they do what they do well, and uh, I think that's important. So I think Roquan's a guy that will win some uh, – I think Roquan reminds me of a Lance Briggs. I'm not sure Lance is a Hall of Famer, Mm -hmm. but hell, he was so important to that defense with Brian Urlacher. So uh, that's where I put Roquan Smith. Gotcha. Yeah, no, I mean, he's a great player. He's going to be a fundamental part of this Bears defense for for years to come, for sure. You know what? I got one more thing. Let's go back to my favorite beer. My favorite beer is Miller Lite. Changing it from Bud uh, to Miller? Okay. (laughs) I'm changing it. I'm changing it to Miller Lite. Miller Lite's my favorite beer. Gotcha. Is that? Uh, I'm not going to ask. Is it due to the sponsorship with the Chicago Bears? I'm <laughs> not going to. Uh, I'm going to say no, that. No, no. I actually, I don't, yeah, I'm not really involved with the Chicago Bears, but I was driving and I'm like, I was thinking Michelob Ultra. I was thinking Heineken. I'm like, ah. And then I said about light, and then I'm like, as I'm driving, I'm like, what the hell am I talking about? <laughs> oh, I think it's Miller Light. But that's that's what that's what happens when you're worrying about making sure you don't hit another car, the car in front of you on uh, Lincoln Avenue. Yeah, yeah, I'll do it. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. I shouldn't be on the phone. I shouldn't be on the phone driving. Period. Also true. <laughs> All right, Lou. Well, hey, you mentioned uh, that, and that's a pretty good point. So we'll go ahead and let you go. I do appreciate the time that you gave us. I know that uh, you're a busy, busy man, and I we do appreciate you hopping on the podcast. All right, guys. Good time. Thanks for having me. We're down to the final segment of this week's show as it's time to play some over-under, answer some big-picture questions at the quarterback position. And I am going to encourage you this week, let's play along in the chat or play along here in the comment section. I want to know what you're thinking in terms of some of these numbers, in terms of some of these projections for Mitch and the 2019 season. So guys, over-under, 4,000 passing yards. He had 3,200 last year in 14 games. 
Brandon looks like he has no clues to Nick. I'm actually going to be the nice guy here. He may still be suffering some of that concussion from last week. Let's go to you first, Nick. Over or under 4,000 passing yards for Mitch? I think it gets over that 4,000 mark. Um, I was just looking at the numbers of what would – and you talked about, it, uh, Will, maybe Mitch being a top-10 quarterback. To be top-10 yards, last year Kirk Cousins was the 10th-ranked quarterback with 4,298 yards. We also got to factor in Mitch missed two games. Um, you know, last season, and he had that 3,223, which was 20th. So I think he can get above that 4,000 mark, maybe 4,300. Last year, that would have put him 10th. And I think that's where Mitch Trubisky, you can expect him to be come 2019 when it's all said and done. All right, B, over under 4K. In my notes, I have somewhere between 3,900 and 4,100. So you average that out, that gets the 4,000 yards. So that's why I went you know, had the reaction I did because I'm not totally sure which way I'm going to go on this, but Nick brought up a good point. Uh, something I want to bring up too. He missed a couple games last year. Uh, so that really affected the stat line. So I, I think in a more pass happy offense, he can get, he can go over that. Wait, right. well, before we, uh, you know, go on, I want to hear your answers to these questions because we have people in the chat, you know, putting them in there and I'm seeing, you know, some mixed results. What are you thinking? Over or under 4,000? Over, easy, done. I mean, if you played last year and you averaged 200 yards in those two other games, which, admit, was it Detroit and the Giants? Giant. He's going to have 3,600 yards, 3,800 yards there. And who knows what he could have done. So, yeah, easy, easy, over. All right, guys, over under 450 rushing yards. 434 last year. This one is kind of like one of those double-edged swords, right? You hope he's more productive on the ground, but also you don't want to see him taking all those extra hits as he is scrambling, but it is a great element of his game that I know I'm excited to watch as well kind of unfold. Brandon, you're up first. 450 yards on the ground for Mitch, over or under? Uh, I want to say under. I think the running game really helps alleviate uh, him having to take more of the runs on the run options. I'd still like to see him do it. I think he'll have around 425, 400-ish. Uh, so that's my that's my under stat. All right, four hundred ish for Brandon. Nick, Hard how about you? Nick, how about you? Ah <laughs> oh, man, sixty eight attempts, four hundred twenty one yards. Okay, I'm gonna say under the four fifty mark. Uh, again, that's because it's more of Mitch being throwing the ball, just giving it to his weapons, and uh, when he has to get outside the pocket and rush, he'll do that. But I'm gonna say it's less than that four fifty. Yeah, I'm under as well, honestly. Again, I hope it's not over 450 yards. Again, I love what he can do with his legs, how that adds a whole entire different dimension, not to just himself, but the entire offense. But it's one of those things where I don't want to see him do it unless he absolutely needs to, and I believe that he needed to do it a few more times last year due to some of the growing pains on offense, and now that they're going to be clicking, things should be a little bit more smoother, and he shouldn't have to take off as many times. All right, getting to the touchdowns. Over or under 34 total touchdowns, both on the ground and through the air. His total touchdowns last year is 27. B? I'll take the over on that. Uh, I think he can get more rushing touchdown attempts because teams aren't going to be expecting it. Uh, with it being a more pass-happy offense, things supposed to be flowing more smoothly. I think that you can take advantage of that and take off every now and again. I think he can turn those into touchdowns on the ground, and I had him pegged for 30 passing, so I'll take the over. All right, we have one over. What about you, Nick? You going to go over 34 total TDs? I think I am going to go over 34. When I was doing my notes just preparing for the show, I I didn't for some reason factor in total touchdown. I was going for passing. What would it take for Mitch Trubisky to be a top 10 passing quarterback? Last year, that was 29 for Tom Brady, and I had him over that. And you add in some rushing touchdowns if Mitch is able to get that. I think you can expect more this year. 
Yeah, and don't forget, when we watched him get his beard trimmed, he said his goal, his personal goal this year, even though he doesn't really get into the numbers, he went, He said it would be nice if he can get over 30 touchdowns this year. So if 34, uh, I'm going over, just for the record. I believe that, honestly, uh, I'm not going to get there yet. We have a few more sections to get to, uh, to be continued. All right, guys, last over and under for the show, though. 12 interceptions, same exact number that he had a year ago. And again, this one's tricky because... He can technically throw, technically throw more attempts, have the same amount of interceptions, and be better. So the numbers arbitrary, but still, I'm, we're doing numbers right now. So Brandon, over or under twelve picks? Uh, I'm taking the over, uh, just simply with the more pass attempts that increases the chances for tip balls and things of that nature. So I'm, I'm taking the over. Okay, Nick. No, I'm going to take the under, just being in this offense another year. Just going back and watching some of Mitch Trubisky's touchdowns, there are times where, look, it's mechanics. Okay, the ball's sailing a little bit. He's a little iffy on a throw, a little late on throw. So I'm just thinking now with Matt Nagy just being in the offense another year, that number, I would love to see that in single digits. That would be great for Mitch Trubisky. But I do think it's going to be under that 12. All right. Can I push? No. I'll, I'm going to do – I'm going to do over, but if it does, it's not going to be more than 14. It's going to be close. It's going to be very, very, very close. Uh, again, I do expect him to be more careful with the football. I expect things to flow. And, again, I don't think 14 is going to you know, kill this team with that Bears defense. But, again, until I see him be a little bit more accurate with those mechanical things that you were talking about earlier on the show, Nick, I'm going to say more of the same right now in terms of his interceptions that he throws. Just just point out there, Ben Roethlisberger last year had the most interceptions. He had 16, so 14 would be a little up there in terms of the number of interceptions. That was the most? More oppor- that was the most. Man, they should, let, they should let Peterman play more. Oh, they should have. <laughs> yeah. He actually uh, he only had he only had seven, which was in what, what? two games? <laughs> yeah, he, seriously, the Bears uh, definitely messed him up that game. But, yeah, so it would be a little bit on the higher mark in terms of last year what production was. But, again, more opportunities. If he has more touchdowns, it could be the same ratio. A lot of, a lot of arbitrary numbers that you mentioned there, Will. <laughs> yeah, but, again, I, I believe, honestly, if he gets under 12 or even under 10, I'm not going to be terribly surprised, not one bit. And I think it's definitely possible, but just for the sake of this game, I'm going to just say over. All right, guys. Can I throw one more in there? You can. <laughs> over, under, Tyler Bray signed 10 times. <laughs> under. Under. Over. <laughs> oh, my God, that's not good. You don't want that. Change your mind. Uh, I'm going to stick with it. Why? <laughs> you know what that means, right? Why would they need to yes. bring him? Yeah. You, oh, God. Why they bring him I, on I, nine oh. times? He was like, what if it's, that's just throughout the entire training camp? It's just like, okay, out, in and out, you know? No. Okay. Moving on. Moving <laughs> on, guys. All right. Fill in the blank. Trubisky's go to guy will be Nick. You Alan Robinson. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what about you, V? Uh, yeah. I'll go on board with Alan Robinson. You know, we are 12 weeks to the day away from the Bears kicking things off against Green Bay. I have Robinson in my notes, and I was not going to change it for the sake of it. I think he's going to lead the receivers and targets, receptions, first downs gained. He's going to be the go-to guy. Number one wide receiver. We talked about that two weeks ago. What's going to be your bold prediction for the quarterbacks? Probably bold prediction for Trubisky would be the best way to take this. B? Bold prediction for Trubisky if he gets over 4,100 passing yards. Uh, I think that that's just uh, a stretch for where he's at right now. Obviously, I hope that he blows my bold prediction out of the water, obviously. 
but I think that he's still uh, within the offense has a lot more. Uh, I don't say a lot more work to do. He's still got more work to do to become an efficient quarterback. Matt Nagy said it takes three years to master it. He's in year two. Bam. One more year. One more year. But I mean, the talk throughout minicamp is that he's ahead of schedule. That could just be coach speak, but it's it's, sound, it. it's just talk. It sounds good. See it. We'll see it. We'll it see it in the camp. We'll see it in the camp. What about you, Nick? What's going to be your bold prediction for Mitch? So he threw six touchdowns against Tampa Bay. That that was a crazy number, something that probably won't be replicated. But in my bold prediction, it happens twice. He's going to do it twice in 2019, throwing six touchdowns. If he does that, I mean, you're at 12. I mean, it's halfway what he <laughs> threw last year. All right, I'm going to put you on the spot. Which teams? Oh, oh crap. I wish I had a schedule in front of me. Just to you could just of, say two against Detroit. <laughs> I could. Um, hmm. Well, okay. We'll do one against Detroit and then the Raiders in London. So he lights it up Ooh, uh, out of the country. Okay. I was hoping you would say Kansas City because I want to be there for it, but it's okay. True. True. They, do, they don't have a good defense. So It has mm-hmm. been done before. Uh, thank you. <laughs> Thank you. All right, guys. My bold prediction: I have forty total touchdowns for Mitch. Is my bold prediction. I think wow. that would be awesome. I think that'd be a great number if we saw that. I mean, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say that's bold. It might not be like you know, like extremely bold. But it's bold. I think it's okay. Damn it, it's bold. I'm gonna, I'm gonna stick with it. <laughs> All right, guys. We're getting down to training camp again. I think Mitch slipped up. I think he said like they're going there July 22nd, but again, nothing's official, uh, so we don't know when we're going there. But we're going there uh, when we're down there. We're watching Mitch, watching the quarterbacks. What are you going to be watching for at training camp? Let's go to Nick first. Man, remember when fumbling snaps was an issue for Mitch and just <laughs> Chase Daniels outplaying him? Should all these things? No. What I want to see from Mitch now is that he just has command, is that leader, knows where to go with the football. Yes, there's going to be growing pains. You're still learning in this offense, but I just want to see him take control, be able to throw that deep ball effectively, uh, give his receivers chances to make plays, just see him progress because we, we've seen some bad times from Mitch. We've seen some good, but in training camp, I just want to see it all come together to where after we leave a day uh, of watching practice, we're like, man, Mitch just lit it up out there. He was accurate. He was on point. He had his guys in and out of the huddle. He was taking command. That's what I want to see from Mitch when we go to Bourbon A and check him out there. That's what I want to come away with and hopefully talk about on a future podcast that Mitch looked good. Question for you, just to follow up. You don't have to get too deep into it, but say that does happen. Mitch starts putting together practices that he is lighting things up. Is the talk going to be that Mitch is taking those next steps or is there going to be panic around the defense? Uh, it could it could go either way. It really could. But I think there's question marks around Mitch, not so much about this defense. And, uh, look, you can't hit really, and there's going to be uh, – it's more so for practice. I would say that things are going to go towards the offense because you can get away with a little bit more. So I think the question marks are around Mitch, and if he's lighting it up, that's a good thing. Uh, look, the Bears defense is the Bears defense. They're going to be a top-five unit, I think, again – but I think it's still going to be a good thing overall if we see Mitch put together practice after practice, being able to just dissect a, a Chuck Pagano defense. All right, good stuff there, Nick. Uh, for me, getting down to camp, I mean, you have the basics. You know, his poise, Nick, you mentioned his leadership, his ability to kind of command the offense. Uh, I want to see how that accuracy is looking. Can he throw some guys open a little bit more of those anticipation routes, which I know is one of those areas of focus throughout the Bears uh, for their offseason season. 
Um, their ability, like I mentioned earlier, can they attack the middle of the field? Granted, they're going to have Eddie Jackson playing you know, safety, so that may be a very tough challenge, but something I'm looking forward to see if they can do. And one last thing that I don't know if we ever really talk about in the podcast, but it would be good insight about training camp, what we saw last year, was in between series uh, or when they would just switch swap out the ones with the twos and Mitch would kind of take a step aside. More times than not, he had you know Matt Nagy in his ear and talking things through and correcting some things. I want to see less of that. I mean, of course, you want them to have a good rapport, but the less that he we need to correct, obviously, the better. Uh, so the less that Nagy has to focus on Mitch, able to focus on the rest of the offense. And, of course, I want to see Mitch kind of, you know, take command with his teammates on the sidelines, correcting what Mitch sees out there that needs to be fixed or telling, you know, receivers, I want this route run like that and get it done and then just taking control in those sorts of ways. So that's that would be a way that I would see a nonverbal kind of growth from Mitch. Again, not going to see it on the field, but it's one of those small like, context clues or nonverbal clues that you would get by watching what he's doing when he's not actually, you know, running a 7-on-7 seven seven or an 11-on-11. 11 11. Brandon, how about you? What are you going to be watching for? A deep ball accuracy. Can he hone that in? Because if he can start completing more and more passes downfield accurately, throwing less interceptions like we talked about earlier, even though I was a year ahead of – or I was in his rookie year when we were talking about his sophomore year. If he can hone in and improve that, that touchdown-interception ratio, the deep ball accuracy, that is really going to open up this offense. I think that is a major, major key to this offense. Can he complete those downfield passes more accurately? B, what's your overall confidence in Mitch? On a scale of 1 to 10, uh huh. I'm going to give it an 8.5 right now. I need to see a little bit more. There's a lot of talk, but I need to see some things before I can bump that number. What about you, Nick? Uh, that's a good question. I'm going to give it – I'll give it a 9. I, I like – I. there are good things to come from Mitch Trubisky in 2019, and it's really because of Matt Nagy in this offense. What number does he wear again? Oh, oh, I see where you're going. Oh, oh yeah, you got me. <laughs> I'm gonna do nine and a half. <laughs> I don't think. I think ten is. I think ten. If I was, you know, more of, if I was being as optimistic as possible, I don't think there's really any reason to be like at a full ten right now. But again, you can be that guy, and we can be a guy that you give it two years from now. We're not questioning anything at the quarterback position. We know what we have in Mitch. All the questions are going to be his surrounding cast, uh, especially after he gets that new mega deal that he's probably going to get here soon. How do those pieces kind of come together? That's what I envision. But as of right now, I'm not going to reach that 10 mark yet. But maybe this time next year, I can be like, yep, it's Mitch. We don't have to worry about him. We can have like a 10-minute show because he's just so understood of what he brings this offense. One final question for you two. I know that usually that is the end. Do I have your permission to buy a Trubisky uh, 100 anniversary jersey? Nick? No. Oh, <laughs> hell no. I can tell you this because every jersey that Will buys, that player, he's no longer relevant. Well, how many? Do you want to tell the listeners, Will, I've, all the jerseys that you've I'm sure had? we've done it on the past. I don't, but think, I don't think we have. I mean, I bought Grossman after he started playing well that season, and then I think I bought it the week before the Cardinals game. So that kind of screwed up everything that year. <laughs> uh, let's see, what else? I got Jay Cutler uh, a few weeks before the Green Bay NFC Championship game. I got a was he hockey? Flavo. Yeah, I was gonna say hockey Blackhawks. I had a uh, Tara Vinen shirt. I got a Jeff Samarja shirt as well or jersey that didn't work out. He didn't play football at all. Oh, uh, let's <laughs> see what else. Brady Quinn Brown jersey because I like Notre Dame football growing up. That didn't work out at all. And Jordan mm-hmm. Howard is the last one. I uh, got Jordan <laughs> Howard and he's an Eagle. So no, I can't buy a Mitch. 
Please, no. I got nope, the email and it looks so good. Like they even put the hundred patch on like those uh those one hundred. I'm just gonna have to get Peyton. Yeah, you get a Chase that... Daniel. No, <laughs> I'm gonna get a jersey. I want I want to like feel good in it. I'm not gonna feel good with the Chase Daniel. You can feel good on. in a Chase Daniel jersey. Like, I'm the smartest <laughs> guy in this room. <laughs> okay, all right. So I got my answer from you two. Uh, so I shouldn't say it's on the way. No, it's not in the way. I promise. <laughs> <laughs> you like don't you dare all right i'm gonna call that a wrap uh, that's gonna do it for this episode of the chicago audible podcast i want to thank each and every one of you who tuned into the show we'll be back next week with another episode of countdown to camp but as you know that wrapped up the offense so now it's time to switch our focus over to the bears defense with next week's positional preview beginning in the trenches for brandon the defensive line will Bilal Nichols become a starter should you fear any regression from nakeem hicks Will Eddie Goldman have a Pro Bowl type of season? Or can guys like Roy Robertson-Harris and John Bullard finally take a leap forward? We'll answer those questions and a whole lot more next week. But until then, bear down, Chicago. Bear down.